Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, happy new season. It's the uh, only three blades in a pub at the moment because Phil's celebrating somewhere and he's joining us momentarily. But I'm John. Uh, I'm joined by Dan. Good evening, mate. Evening, lads. Uh, And I'm joined by Ian. Good evening, all. And shortly to be joined by Phil. And we're four blades in a pub. We're delighted to be back. It's literally the eve of the Chef United's new season. The championships got underway this um, this evening, this this evening, this weekend, and this evening, England have won a major tournament of football. So, would it's it's an unbelievable thing. I'm I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I have seen much of this football um, as I maybe would have liked, but fantastic achievement. Did you watch the game tonight, Ian? I did, um, and it was. If if United could take one thing away from watching that England team tonight, it was how to defend a lead for five minutes or six, seven minutes to the end of a match. Because that's something I've seen us fail to do so many times. And England were magnificent (laughs) at it. Top quality shithousing all around, watching the Germans getting riled. That that was fantastic. Um, And one thing I'll add is I managed to get to one of the games at Bramall Lane. um, Went to watch Sweden, Switzerland. And... Um, I just got back from holiday yesterday, saw the semi-final while I was over there. But just how brilliant it was to have a major tournament being hosted at Bramall Lane. Um, Full house, obviously, for the semi-final, but just how magnificent the ground looked and sounded from afar that night. I wish I, you know, it's kind of, I wish I wasn't a holiday, but you kind of wish you could be there and part of it. uh, But just being there for one of the group games was, was tremendous as well. And, you know, it only shows the city and the club in the best possible light for me. So it's been a, a good, good tournament all around. Dan, have you seen much of it? Uh, I haven't made it to be honest, just a combination of uh, work and just everything at the minute just meant I've not had much time. And at the minute we're, we're going on holiday in a couple of days. So I've spent all day today when I haven't been running, just ironing, packing, generally holiday stuff. So no, I can't say I've seen much of it. So. Yeah, I've not, I've not really got much to say other than congratulations. Well, I like like I said, near a vibe. I think Ian uh, will all echo what you said there about how fantastic it was to see Bramall Lane featuring in a tournament ahead of other grounds in the city. And yeah, congratulations to the Lionesses. Um, amazing achievement by everyone involved. And that's why Phil's late joining us because... He's not been the game, but he's been watching it. And I think, he, knowing Phil, we're going to get a very animated version of him on the podcast tonight. So, Ian, freshly back from Croatia. Dan, where are you jetting off to this week? Uh, off to Mallorca. I'm back from the Cotswolds. Uh, three very different holidays. Ian's injured himself doing some water sports. Uh, I uh, stayed in a, in a mill when an American tourist walked in and when one of the dogs started barking at him, accused the dog of being rude, even though he'd walked into the cottage we were staying at. Um, but we've all had different summers. <laughs> oh, God, unbelievable. Americans love the Cotswolds. And here he is. Phil's just uh, swung in like a wrecking ball. Uh, but, yeah. Lots of summers, lots of different things. And one summer that we... Uh, hello, Phil. Just waved at us. Good evening. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. We've just talked about lionesses. 
Sorry, Phil. And apologies for my unprofessionalism being however late I am. So, okay, we just talked about the lionesses, and I was just telling a retort from my holiday before setting us up very nicely. Now you're here to talk about uh, United summer. So, obviously, the Blades summer has been interesting. Um, a lot of people maybe um, are still crying that they've not got a replica shirt to wear tomorrow evening. Who knows? You might be able to buy them at 9am at the shop tomorrow as we're recording on the Sunday. But how do we sum up the summer? What's people's thoughts on the recruitment? Those who've gone? What we'd still like to see happen? How do we rate the I, summer, boys? I honestly don't think the summer could have gone any better. I really don't. Apart from maybe a couple of little niggling injuries that we've got that are out of our control as a club, the recruitment's been good and we've kept everybody we wanted to. You couldn't ask any more than that, really, could you? Yeah, pretty much as we sit here now, we've strengthened in positions we need to strengthen. We've got rid of players we wanted to get rid of. You know, we've not lost any players that we wanted to keep. Obviously, this could all change in the next, whatever it is, 30 days. But um, And... I think we probably need one. I think we need one, maybe two more in. I think we need another, another forward option. Um, but apart from that, I think defensively as well, we look we look really strong and really well stocked. To be honest, well, we were good defensively last season, and the fact that we've brought in, I mean, none of us are going to sit here and pretend to know much about anal, but <laughs> what? Like, obviously, he's come with a massive, massive reputation. And it'll be exciting to see see a player like that. It was like, he's not going to come in for that that money and not start and play pretty much every game. And that's that'll be, that'll be real. I think that's the first time we've had a permanent signing for a while like that. There's a lot of intrigue around, maybe since like, since like Berger, really, because I think we all had ideas about other players that have come in. Like, this is there's some genuine. That intrigue there. And Kieran Clark, I think, is going to be the signing with the best signing we've made this summer. I think it's really smart, smart sign. Someone has been there, done it, got 150. I don't ballpark guess that. Probably 150 Premier League appearances to his name. Masses of experience. And despite him being really good, it means Robinson is like people would say who's the weak link in the defense. Robinson because he's made the mistakes, but also what a great player to have as backup to come in and breathing down his neck. Robinson, like, we look really solid across the across across the defence. And obviously Max Lowe coming back and doesn't look like he's going anywhere. So happy day. Just looking at just looking at Kieran Clark's stats. So he's made 246 career appearances and only 34 of those have been outside the Premier League. It was playing for Newcastle, wasn't it? And by reading the comments on, on Roy's views when we signed him, by all accounts, he was their player of the year that season. It was a really yeah. thing with a few goals. So not only has he got, like you say, John, the experience at the level above, he's performed well at this level before as well. So well, if, if, if we're doing, if, I can't remember we said we were doing a section about like random predictions and stuff like that, but Kieran Clark's involved in my random prediction for this season if we do a... If we do a random prediction. He's not losing a finger, is he? No, no, no. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming not, but no. My, my prediction still involves him with 20 digits at the end of the season. Excellent stuff. He'll be relieved to hear that. Yeah, I'm sure he will. And, if he listens. 
How about you, Ian? What's your thought? I, I, I'm, I'm, like you say, I think Dan's right. I think as it as it stands now, it's great. Unfortunately, we've got another sort of month to sit it out a little bit on the outgoings. But I'd like to think on the outgoings, if we know someone's likely to go, we've got some thoughts in mind as to who we can bring in. And look, the, the most realistic outgoing is, is Berger. And clearly, we're not going to be able to replace someone of his class and quality at the same level. But to me, it's then about how we evolve as a team to, to cope without him. On his day, he's above championship level. Um, and I think, so it, it, to me, it comes down to how we... We're going to need to reinvest some of that. I often think a lot of it will go to absorb, you know, the the losses that we're incurring as a result of, you know, our cost base not really quite matching the turnover, uh, despite the parachute payment. So I think, let's be realistic, we're not going to see multi-millions spent, but now we reinvest that, and it might be on a couple of loans or good quality loans from the Premier League to make the difference. Well, I think, I think if you look at last season... Obviously, we were really frustrated with how slow the business getting done was. And like everyone came in right at the last minute. Like Gibbs White was, the season was underway before we signed him and stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if already there's one or two, if not more, because they could go elsewhere, obviously, that are sort of in place. But they're like, the big moves have gone off in the Premier League, but lots of other, apart from Forrest, who seem to like just be buying like anyone. You could phone them up and pretend you're George Weir's cousin and get someone to sign for them a minute. They're signing that many players, but all the like smaller transfers haven't haven't like, and it's the knock-on effect, isn't it? And I wouldn't be surprised if I'm not saying we're definitely not getting Gibbs White back on loan, but like a player that we like that sort of an established name like he was that we all knew when he came in rather than like a another another Doyle coming in who yeah people have heard of but he's not like a he's not somebody who's got minutes in the Premier League and I, I'm not going to give you a specific example because I haven't got one but like you know what I mean I wouldn't be surprised if we're sitting on a few players like that there's, there's always that trickle down at the end of the window when transfers happen and then and then it kind of rolls down and We'll bring someone in on loan, and then that'll allow us to send one of our players out on loan to League One and League Two, and then you have that that trickle down effect. Don't you? I, I'm in, I'm intrigued as well because I think there's players, there's a player in Cooley Valley who has clearly got some capability, and you hear him what I'm talking about. He's saying it's about him. He's, he's got a lot to learn, learn about us and how we play and how we what's expected of him and what we don't need from him. But I'm intrigued to see how he develops over the season. And he could prove to be someone, maybe not the start of the season, but later on in the season who could have a, a real positive impact on, on the team. And we just don't, we don't know that yet, but I'm intrigued to see how that plays out. Well, he might uh, be an Undai, but he might be, he might be a Diego, but it's nice to have that sort of, because he's not only in an unknown quality for us as a club, he's in an unknown quality when you bring him onto the pitch for opposition because he's, because yeah. he's raw and he's clearly got, if, believe it or not, if, whether you believe it, because it's all hearsay, but if AC Milan were interested in him back back uh, 18 months ago, there's obviously a talented player there. So it's exciting. I'm, I'm really interested to see Doyle as well. I like the idea of bringing in some like a really technically proficient set piece set piece taker. I think it, I think he's a real positive signing, and we've all sort of ummed and ahed about Fleck for a long time, haven't we? So I think he's. 
if he'd not been injured, I think he'd be he'd be starting at Watford tomorrow night alongside Norwood and Berger in that three. So all it's you're going into the first game tomorrow. All right, Gibbs White's gone and, and we're never gonna replace someone of that ilk, not on our kind of um our kind of budget. Are we stronger now than we were at the end of the season? Hundred percent. You think? Yeah. I think we've got fit our you win, you win titles with the defence. We had a good defence. We've now got an excellent defence. Because even if... How do you say his surname? Because I'm not going to call him A, no. Uh, Ahmed Odzic. Yeah. But even if he doesn't play, you're going into that game with Clark. I presume Clark starts. I'd be shocked if he doesn't. I'd have thought so. Yeah, Clark, I would have Clark, Egan, Basham. Brilliant. Like, and then low is we that left wing back spot caused a lot of headaches for everybody. Um, you'd argue would definitely start there. Could do with Bogle being fit, but Baldock is as good as anyone at that level at right well, back. Well, you give us some state, but Baldock and Norwich today, he's both got international caps at the end of season, post season. Yeah, you know, they're enough for the cup now. Someone a lot said. of people seem to think Norris and Davies should be playing left centre-half, which I'd like to see how that would work out with aerial challenges, but that's a story for another day. He definitely isn't a left centre-back. He's a, he's a, he's a left-back. Yeah. I think that's I, the to Davies. I think he's a left-back. I don't think he's a left-wing-back. Yeah, yeah, he's not a wing-back, is he? I think, the only, I think the only area of the pitch that we're not as strong as we were back end of last season is up front. I think I think the in, in, like like John was saying the back back five yeah I think we're, we're stronger than we were last season we've obviously bolstered the midfield you've got Doyle come in Cooley Barley's another option so you, you kind of bolstered that bit up front I still well well obviously we've lost obviously we've lost McGold I know McGoldrick didn't play but we're talking about players that were that were here back in the last season or or our players McGoldrick's gone he, he was an option um, obviously Gibbs White's gone. Not really. We've replaced Kadra. We've replaced him with Kadra, but we've not. Sharp's not fully fit. McBurney's not fully fit. Burke's gone. Brewster's come back, I suppose, which is a... Brewster, again, yeah. Again, to find the form he was in pre-injury. But I, I think the other thing for me about this squad is, you know, I think we've actually got five youngsters in the squad at the minute who genuinely could compete for a first-team place at times or certainly to come off the bench during a match. And you've got you know, Norrington Davies scored and Bar um, Blaster, our man Fing in the middle of the park, um, Jevison and Asula um, as well. You know, so we've got a homegrown players here who you can see having an impact or getting him up. There's probably others who might later on in the season on the back of perhaps loans get involved. You know, someone like Peck might be someone who grows over the season if he gets a loan move out. I don't think he's moved at the minute, but. Yeah, I think Arblast is an interesting one. Um, I think it wouldn't surprise me one bit if he was a, a first-team regular starter by the end of the season. I think he's thought that highly of, and the fact that they've got him in, in, him in and around the squad now, I think they'd, they'd be unlikely to send him on loan. So I think he'll be here for the season. Mm. wouldn't surprise me one bit if he breaks his way in. Is that highly thought of? Well, well, one thing that is interesting 
is the friendlies, the way that he tends to have done different, like the way the friendlies have gone, results. I don't think we see much of a... I still think there'll be a few surprises when we see the 18 tomorrow night. But like, I think there's, I think there's genuinely for the first time since in a long time, the starting lineup in the first few games is going to be really intriguing. Whereas for, for as long as I can remember, the team give or take has picked itself. Yeah. You pretty much knew it, didn't you? Yeah. And, and I think that's, I think that's really good. <laughs> and I think that's like, I'm going to try and think of a, a more articulate way of putting that, but I think that's really positive. I think that, I think the element of surprise and we, and we will go on when Phil gets back from the fridge or the toilet or both in a second to talking about our predictions for the season. But I think obviously we would have liked a few better results in the friendlies. But one thing I would like to touch on, did anyone read the Norwood interview in the athletic? Yes. Absolutely, like I've not read it. I've only seen the the kind of snippets uh, that have been just, been floated just, on Twitter. He's just brilliant, and like the fact that he gets he's had he came off social media because some of our fans were giving him that much shit that he just couldn't be bothered with it. Come on, like he's, he is genuinely one of the best players we have ever had, and. That just it, we just need to make sure that even if he does have a couple of bad games, that we just remember that this season because Jesus Christ, oh, I don't know. But you will, he will, because he does that. He does every so often. He has a stinker, but you're right. We need to not overreact when he does, don't we? Things he, he tries to make things happen. Sometimes it won't come off, and that's the thing, isn't it? Sometimes you know those passages won't come off in a game, and it. I mean, we'll. Some of our fan base won't appreciate, will never appreciate some of our, one of our best players until he's gone, and that's that's just a sad fact, you know. And you know, I I, I think fans are too quick to call to replace um, Norwood and Fleck. And actually, I think you're right, Phil. Over the course of the season, our last, uh, I think Osborne will get games. You know, I think that midfield that we and, and let's remember now we've got more subs to use. And I think that's going to be a really yeah. interesting dynamic this season. Because I'm just, just watching England, you know, watching them tonight. He was the same pair of subs with the same two players. And you're saying everyone was told their role in the squad before the start of the tournament. So you're gonna you're gonna play this role. You're you're an impact player, we're gonna use you off the bench, but then I want you to come on and play here and do this. It was all quite fixed, everyone knew their own responsibility. I'm not saying we're gonna play like that, but it'd be interesting to see how we make use of subs with the greater sort of capacity to do that. And, and look at pairings or look at, you know. You mentioned not, Osborne, Benny, and um, but it, Osborne will start tomorrow. Confidence yeah. to that. Thing in midfield. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think I do as well, actually. And Berg will be one of the front three. It's I don't think there'll be the long term plan, but I think that's tomorrow. I think these extra subs will suit us because I think listening to Heckenbot's interview. Who's obviously playing back in the last season? He's going to want to play quite a, an intense, um, high pressing game. Which obviously, if you've got extra subs, you can basically say to players, "Look, just run you, you know, absolutely run your legs off for an hour." Because we've suddenly got more options. You know, before you only had three subs. It obviously limits you. Now you've got you've got five subs. You can actually say to someone like Brewster. 
just run your legs off, just, you know, close their centre halves down, you know, whatever you're told to press. Because after an hour, we've got, oh, well, we, hopefully we will have more forward options at some stage. Yeah. Well, it'll, uh, suit, it'll suit teams that play a, um, a, a more high-intensity game. And I think that's what we'll do this season. You, you also, you don't have to sort of, you don't have to be hesitant with the subs either, do you? You can, like... You're quite bold, can't you? Yeah, and almost you can be bold with two subs at half time if you wanted to, and then still look at the game logically with half an hour to go. It, it'll be interesting. I think it, it brings a different tactical element, doesn't it, to 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 the game. And it, do you have to do it in th- you kit five subs, but you have to do it in three only three stoppages still, like when it was in the Premier League when we were last there. Remember. No, I'm not sure. I'm not sure whether you can make five individual subs or whether you've got to do it in yeah. like designated blocks. And I don't know to be honest. Yeah, so it's, it's five. There we go. So it's five subs from seven. Um, they have to make their make their subs within three stoppages. With any halftime changes, well, not counting towards that. Good knowledge, John. Well, I, I was just thinking because when I watched the. Because that's what it was like last time, and yeah. I watched the highlight show. I watched some footy today, and there was a booking. No, it was Friday night. There was a booking for the keeper, uh, for Burnley's keeper, and they were saying in the commentary about how the the beam around the clubs and the EFL are cracking down on goalkeeper time wasting now. And I've spent about 50 hours of my life watching goalkeepers waste time at Bramall Lane, so I'll be intrigued to see how strictly that's adhered to. Uh, anyone, that's, anyone that's got Norwich for title, you might want to be rethinking your bet now. <laughs> I think they're, I think they're um, well, well, we can talk about that in the predictions, but yeah, that it will be interesting. And the squad generally in this summer, I think, is in a very good place, and it's not finished yet. I'm convinced of that. There has to be a, a forward player. Ideally, we want another wingery 10 and a striker coming in for me. But that's me being greedy. Um, I think I, I, like, I like the description of a wingery 10. Well, you know what I mean? Someone, and a for, like Dan said, a forward, he, not like a number nine necessarily, yeah. but someone who can play across the... Whether it's someone who's just got ridiculous raw pace or like a drink. another cadre, basically another, another cadre type. Uh, no, we've been linked with, we've been linked with Joe Lolly, haven't we? Um, I, I, you know, I must admit I like Lolly. I've liked him when I've seen him for Forest and for Huddersfield before that. Yeah, and he's Osborne's best mate, isn't he? Him and oh, is he? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I only based on that on the fact that when Osborne threw the coffee pot over his house. He said, over to you, Joe Lolly. I don't know if Joe Lolly ever did the same when he was in lockdown. Yeah, but um, we should we should make some predictions, gents, because we want to keep the podcast this season, obviously, hopefully do a few more, and we'll try to keep them short. Not short, but snappy. So predictions. We'll keep the predictions quite simple. Where United are going to finish, top scorer, player of the season, and then random thing that we'd like to see happen. So we'll start off with player of the season. And I'm going, 
I'm going to go to you first, Ian. Who you think is going to be the player of the season for Sheffield United this year? And judging by the fact you're looking longingly at your wall, uh, I've caught you off guard a bit there. Would anyone? Well, yeah, it's, it's a difficult one because actually I think our, probably our most important player of the season could be one of the defenders we brought in because I think that could make a huge difference to us, like securing up the pipeline. But I believe if he can do what he did at Blackburn, what he's capable of, Kadra could be something special for us to watch this season. And enables to probably play, like you say, because he's a he's a he's a wingery. Wingery ten. Wingery ten. I think that might give us just a different different outlook, a different you know, we don't see you know, rare we watch players running at opposition and putting him on the back foot in that kind of wingery ten role. Um, so to me, I think Kadra. I think that's that's bold, but I like it. And I think we've actually finally replaced Duffy with him. Just for the record, I think he very much with a few more goals in his game as well. Dan, uh, player of the season, uh, Njai. I think he he started well last season. Tailed off a little bit in the middle, which I think is, is perfectly understandable. Um, obviously, he had fitness issues. It took him a while before he could play longer than play a full 90. But I think with the pre-season under his belt, a season playing alongside the likes of Gibbs, White and Sharp last season, I think he'll come into his own this season, I think. I know we talked about Berger being one that we potentially could lose. I don't think we'll like. I don't think we'll lose him in August. But if he plays as well as I'm, I'm hoping, and I think he plays, I think you know it might be someone that teams are looking at come January. But hopefully, if we're, we're up there and, and challenging, uh, he'll stick with us. And yeah, I, I think he can drive for player this season. Phil, well, I was going to go and Jay anyway, but for balance of doing something different, I'll go uh, another forward. Um, I think for. This might be the first season in a while. Billy Sharp's not our top goal scorer. Uh, I think Ryan Brewster will score quite a lot of goals this year. And I think Brewster will be our player of the year. Nice. John? Uh, I think that it will be... I, I, I thought... I mentioned Clark before. I think Clark's going to be a really important player. I don't think he's going to be player of the season. I would, I'd be, I'm going to stick my neck out and it's a bit of a safe bet. I don't know, but I, I just think the play of the season is going to be Billy Sharp. I think Billy Sharp will come back to fitness. He'll end up playing a load of games. He'll score anywhere between 10 to 20 goals again. We'll get promoted. I'm giving all my predictions away in one ear. We'll get promoted. Um, and it'll be, is I can't see him not wanting to have a crack at the Premiership, but I I think Billy Sharp is just gonna is gonna come again and and really be a massive important player for us this season. Because I think if Sharp's goal scoring that he showed under Heckenbottom before the injury had been consistent throughout the season, I think he would have scored an absolute ton. And we might have even got promoted last season if he'd not got injured. Yeah, we missed a goal score in the running. He would have scored some of the chances in the playoffs semi away at Forest that Njai missed. But yeah, I'm going with Sharp. Okay. I think this is optimistic because you know at times last season goals were hard to come by. When we did when we did score, we were capable of going on to score three, four, 
you know, in a game. But other times, it, we know it was more challenging. I think it's 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 promising and optimistic that we're all picking out attacking talent that's going to hopefully get the goals and make the difference. Well, I'm using my head. I think last year I predicted Ender Stevens play a year while him at Bernie top score in United to win league. So I think I just need to keep me going a few more safe bets. <laughs> so obviously we've we've had player at season there, and I think all four of those players are going to be important for United this year. Um, but goals win games. So Phil, I think you've already alluded to who you think this might be, but who's going to be the top scorer? Uh, Kieran Clark. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, Brewster, I reckon I reckon he'll um, find his feet quite quickly, get his fitness up and running, and I think he'll... I can see him getting 20-plus this year. I think we've got players around him who can create chances, and that he can not only score goals that he's made himself, he, he's Johnny on the spot as well. He's, he's shown that he can do that, that role, so yeah. I think Brewster will score a lot for us this year. Yeah. Ian? I can't disagree with it, to be honest. You know, and it's probably, yeah, you're looking at thinking actually he's, he's the only fit out on our strike we've got starting season. So maybe it's, there's a bit of that in play. I think Jay will contribute and Kadri will contribute a good number of goals as well in their role. But yeah, I think it, to me, if he's fit, he, start, he starts every week, Brewster. And we stick by him. If he has a, a, a drought, we stick by him. We use other players off the bench, but we we, we build that guy's confidence. I think it was interesting with the comments Ekinbot had made about um, the signing the centre-back is that they talked about like players of a certain age that have value in the team. Now, if we're going to yo-yo or even stay in this division, having an asset, it in all three areas of the pitch. I think if the board are going to operate operate like that, like I think Heckingbottom, people talked about like his brief when he came in. But I think one of the things that he will do, and we saw it start to happen before he got injured at Peter, is he'll play like Berger will play every game, Aino will play every game, Boost will play every game because they're the actual assets we have. You know, not only the, the, the you'd argue the the better players, but they're, they're assets and they have to play. And I agree, if he goes on a drought or he takes a while to get going, he needs to start because, yeah. And the subs mean that he can go balls to the walls for an hour, balls to the wall for an hour. We're winning. We put someone like Asula on to chase the centre-backs down or if we need a goal, Sharp McBurn, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. Just elaborated a lot there, boys. Sorry. Dan? Uh, yeah, uh, same for me. I, I mean, I had him down, obviously, I, last season. I predicted him to be top scorer last season. And that obviously didn't happen. But, yeah, I'm saying, I, I think uh, he started to show bits and bobs of what he was capable of before he got injured. Um, and hopefully, he kind of, like Phil said, he kind of picks that up where he left off almost, finds his feet, finds his steps fairly quickly. And I agree, I think, I think if he's fit and we create the chances for him, I think he gets 20, 20 plus. Yeah, I, I think it's a clean sweep. It's Brewster. I do think Sharp will score a lot of goals and I think Njai will score loads as well. Like I've, I've been like 10, 15, Jai, I'm going for, but I think Brewster, 20 minimum. I think we'd all... Yeah, down for a goal season, yeah. <laughs> I genuinely think we're going to... Well, yeah. 
I think we'll I think we'll we'll blow some teams away. We're far too like on paper we've got the best squad in the league. I'll put in the face of that a bit, but who I mean I, I tend to agree with you, John. I, I do t- that I think that there's there's an argument to say we've got the best team, the best squad in the league. But you could yeah. argue other squads are, could other fans of other clubs could argue the same for their own clubs, but there's definitely an argument to say we have. Because we're strong in every position, yeah. which is remarkable considering we were concerned at the back end of last season that we might have a no players and, and be very weak. But we're, we're strong in every position. Fast forward a month, lost all the opening games. It would be an optimism the day before we kick the season off, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's that's a bit recording this tonight as well. The other teams have played as well, but we haven't. So, um, which leads nicely, actually. To, to where we're going to finish. So I was saying before you joined us, Phil, uh, on the pre-pod, unfortunately that's not available to any of the listeners because it's a lot of boring talk about families and stuff. But what's interesting in the championship, the best, for me, best eight teams, give or take, all the teams who are going to be vying for those top positions have all got Achilles heels. Nobody is the outstanding team. You look at Burnley, the manager's inexperienced. You've got rid of a lot of the season pros. You've put questions about their defence in in the Championship. You've got Norwich, mm-hmm. like, haven't got Buendia to load the cannon for Kapuke, as we saw in the Premier League, and they've not really replaced him. West Brom have got a clown in charge. Middlesbrough haven't got a striker. Look at the Mr. Watmore. There's a lot of weaknesses in the sides, including us who maybe just need a bit more creativity in the final third. But we're all, where do we think we are going to stand up against these uh, these these other big hitters? Where, I think we'd all universally agree we'll be in the top six to eight, but where are we going to finish? And I'll start with you, Dan. So as we, as we sit here now with the squad we've got now, I think we've finished... If between now and the end of uh, next month we bring in another striker or another forward, um, I think we finish top two. I think that I think the only thing that's that's going to stop us getting top two at the minute is goals. So I think if we rectify that and remedy that, or goals and creativity, if we remedy that and rectify that with a couple of players or a player, I find top two. Like you said, I don't. I look at that, and last season you looked at Fulham and you looked at Bournemouth, and you went, and when Forest got the, you know, got their act together, they were a good side. Yes, there will be a side that comes out of nowhere, like you know, like Huddersfield did last season, where you didn't expect them to, and they did. But I don't see, I don't see any side being anything like as good as Fulham and Bournemouth last season. I think the top six is absolutely wide open. I think the side that gets in there that may be a bit more unfancied is probably Millwall. If a Fobe can score consistently, um, I think they've that, that they've been building building for a while. I, I see Millwall having a good season. But then you, what's interesting in the championship, we could be... Look at Blackburn last season. Everyone fancied them to probably definitely be top six, if not pushing the top two. Completely arse fell out of them in the running and stuff. It's it's such a wide open division, isn't it? 
Have they still got Brereton Diaz, or has he has he gone anywhere? For no, now, I think he took his option up. He got an option for a year. Yeah, right. But I think well, they're they're an interesting one. So I think they. I was listening to Five Live yesterday lunchtime, and they they've only brought one player in, which is in when you've got like is Dal John Dal Thompson the manager now, isn't it? So like bringing in yeah. one player where you're thinking not managed in this country, blah blah blah. It's clearly going. Like to co- like coaching, a coaching approach to things. They they might do well. They might be shit. Who knows? The goal they scored yesterday was absolute crack. Have you seen it? Well worth looking at anyway. Yeah, it's well, good. It yeah, it's a, it's a really good. It. Uh, the best one was the Swansea lad, the centre back, away at rather than bending one in top corner. But like Swansea are quite fancied in some circles as well. But I I genuinely think your prediction down with a bit of luck getting up to second. Is a strong one, Phil. I echo a lot of what both of you have just said. Um, the outsider, if 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 you wanted to call one, a, a team that could come from nowhere, I think Preston. Um, yeah. Did you see Ched sending off yesterday? Yeah. Wow. BBH. What a challenge. <laughs> um, where United will finish. I'm sitting on the fence a little bit here, but I think we'll be anywhere between first and fourth. And again, I think it'll depend on whether we can keep the likes of Berg, whether we can keep injury-free, and if we get some of the players that are currently out back or add to the squad with a, with a bit more creativity or goals. There's a lot of, lot of ifs and buts there, but we, we are a little short in terms of up top, like we've all we've all spoke about already, and if that can be addressed and we can keep a clean uh, bill of health, don't see any reason why we can't. I don't see any reason why we can't win it. But the championship's not that easy to call. So anywhere yeah. to first and fourth, I reckon. Ian, I have to admit, I was offline there for a bit, so I didn't catch what everyone said. But the gist of it, I think I agree with. About a month ago, I got asked to predict for when Saturday comes, season preview, available in all good news agents and some rubbish ones right now. Um, keep print How many alive. news agents are they knocking about these days? GT, is, is it available at GT News? It might be. It's, it's in Dewey Smith, or you can subscribe. It's, you know, it's there. It, anyway, I at the time, and obviously we hadn't done all our transfer business then, I said third. Um, and I probably wouldn't change that now. I agree with Phil. It, I think we're anywhere in the top six. And I think the top six I put together and having looked at not the top 20 pods, top top six predictions and one or two others, it's the same sort of six teams knocking around there. I think the outside team that might come through in that, I think Sunderland with crowds and momentum might surprise a few people. Um, but I think you're looking around the Burnley, Norwich, West Brom, Borough, us. Uh, trying to think who I've missed out of that thinking now. Watford. You know, I think it's those kind of six teams are going to be there and thereabouts. And it's like you say, it comes down to a bit of luck, a bit of fortune as to where we finish in, in that top six. But um, we'll see. We'll see. If, if we get Sharp back within the first month and Bogle back firing when he comes back, don't rush him back. I think we'll finish second or first. I generally think we've. I just, I'm, I'm not 
I just think defensive, like, oh, also, if any injury concerns about the keepers, like, calm down as well. But, like, that defence is good enough to win the, win the title. Do I think we've got enough firepower? May, I think a lot rests with the firepower on if Jebison and Asula, well, I presume Jebison, not so much Asula, but can get involved with the goals off the bench. Because if you have... If we can get players to come on and contribute with goals in games, it just makes that having a bit of competition at that area of the pitch will make us more clinical because the players know that they have to be, otherwise somebody's coming on for them or they're not starting next week. And we haven't had that for a while. And that'll mean that people like McBurney have to get fit and have to, when they play, score. And and Jefferson the goodwill from a good loan spell at Burton doesn't exist anymore, so he's got to score. But I think if we can get that balance right and get Brewster, Sharp and another scoring, I think we'll finish second or first. I genuinely do. I just, I, I think and one of the biggest reasons is I think Heckingbottom, I think he's he gets what to do and he nearly got it so right last season. So, yeah, I'm yeah. sticking the neck out. You and I would say one, one thing on predictions, John, it was it, I find it interesting because I think fans of other clubs in the championship rate us as a threat this season. It was interesting to read the Sky Sports predictions from the Football League team, which was mainly Joby McEnough and Old Cognose. Um and neither of them rated any of you know, put our players in ones to watch or you know, young players or you know, predictions for, for promote, you know, for, for top two or winning the title uh, and similar I think the Athletic did a preview as well and all their journalists contributed to it and again we never got one mention I don't think in that which I thought was really interesting that you know whether whether because you've got your company at Burnley that you've got that Norwich lovable Norwich bouncing back and forth you've got um, you know Watford under the new you know fashionable manager Wilder at Borough we just weren't getting a mention and I just found that quite interesting and it's quite a nice counter to the optimism we're talking about in some ways, but it's just an interesting view. Well, yeah, I think it, it's good. It, it's refreshing, isn't it? And but it, that's been earned by the football we played at the back end of last season. Yeah, and and Heckingbottom, I, I I think he's like very, there's a, I just like a lot about him. I think he's got a. He's got a lot of the better qualities of Wilder without maybe some of the ones that make Wilder unique, but maybe I could be making him a little bit less desirable in some circles and stuff, but we'll see. Weird and wonderful predictions for the season. This could be somebody coming and doing something, something happening, something involving United. Um, and we won't mention the kit. What do you reckon, Dan? We're... To highlight the podcasts about to start, you telling us how Kieran Clark's involved in yours. I, I can't wait to hear this. My weird and wonderful prediction is Kieran Clark to finish the season with more league goals than Muck Scarface. <laughs> I mean, he only needs to score one going on the last two seasons, and he'd be joint. Well, yeah. I, 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 Started listening to Blade's pod today while I was walking the dog, and I think Andrew mentioned that Bernie's got one in 51, one in 52. 
something along them lines. And it's not just based on that. It's based on the fact that we've got a couple of, we've got some decent dead ball deliverers, you know, like you likes of Norwood and, we've, you know, had Kadra into that mix. Um, and Clark's always been a goal throughout his career. He's got a, he's got a reasonable goal scoring record for centre half. Um, we do actually create chances from, from set pieces, but Egan's kind of Tobler on Ed usually means it ends up I going somewhere. being unfair to Toblerones. Toblerones are nice. Completely <laughs> random. Um, so, yeah, so my prediction is Kieran Clotz finished more league goals than Mick Scarface. Mick Scarface. Yeah, well, even for me, he's got to do something to make me believe again. But anyway, Phil, any random predictions? Yeah, well, you've, you've just dropped this on me, so I've had to think on my feet. Um, by the end of this season, Prince Abdullah will be everybody's favourite chairman at United. I mean, wow. that, that, I mean, that is in the realms of bold predictions, isn't it? Well, I mean, I don't. It, it takes it takes a real Kevin McCabe fan now to start saying that he's had a he's not done right by us this summer because he has clearly. He's back the manager. We haven't sold anybody yet. We may do, but it, we haven't sold anybody yet. Um, everything he's doing, he's doing, they're going about it the right way. And the fact that he stepped away from, from being the, the public figure of the club, I think looks like the right thing to do. Because whoever, whenever he gets any of his cronies to speak, they always seem to say the wrong thing. So, yeah, I think if we have a good season with the squad that, that he's helped the manager put together and keep together, why not? People should start. People should start backing him and appreciating him for what he's done. I mean, I, I've I've given him some stick. I've given him some stick on air and on Twitter, and and I think when myself and Ian did the, the Radio Sheffield thing, um, I mean, you're right. Like you said, we've not sold anyone. The, the, I think the big difference for for me is under McCabe. If we were if we were in this position now, you would be expecting Berger to go, and you would be expecting Berger to go for. Six and a half million quid or something like that. I think there's a good chance Berger does go, but I think he'll go for 25 to 30 million quid. I don't think we'll sell him whatever whatever the price he goes for, I don't think we'll we'll sell him cheap. And, and I, I don't think we'll I think we'll get what whatever we want for him. You know, if, if our asking price is 25, whatever we paid for him, I think we'll the last 25 will not get beaten down and it'll be like you know, someone like Spurs says, oh, you can, you know, we'll give you six and a half million quid for him. And you can have, you know, the best player from our under-12 side on loan for half a season, which is what we've done in past, in it? So, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. If he is, if that prediction comes through, we'll have had a good season. Not many. Well, we've already had more promotions under Abdullah than we ever had under McKay, haven't we, Sam? Oh, let's make it three. Well, I think McCabe and Abdullah were in charge together, weren't they, for the League One? Yeah, they were in charge for League One, weren't they? We only went up. Uh, Was McCabe still there when we got promoted to the Premier League? McCabe was there when McCabe got... McCabe was the chairman when Warnock got us promoted, weren't he? Yeah. But was he there when Wilder took us up? Was McCabe still there or or had he he lost his half of the club by then? Oh, good question. I'm not sure. I'll rephrase it. 
we've had more promotions since Abdullah was involved than when McCabe was solely involved. Right, uh, yeah. I, yeah, I think I, I think it. I think anyone I know who's got a reasonable grasp of how football works would criticise him, like Dan said. The Bright House card comment is still the best thing that's ever been said on this pod. But, like, it, <laughs> like, let's just, this summer's been really positive. It's been really, yeah. So there we go. Ian. I'm, I'm struggling for anything major. I, you know, we might actually have an edible pie on the first day of the season because they've had to cook pies through the summer. So we won't have any of May's pies still in the oven when we go to the first game next week. Um, I think the biggest takeover we could see at Bramall Lane this season is when uh, Hal from Sheffield United Way steals Gary Sinclair's microphone and takes over PA duties. Um, that's got to be a potential potential transfer twist we've not thought about. Um, but beyond that, I'm, I'm struggling of anything of the magnitude that uh, that Dan's talking about. I mean, I think the one you've just said is pretty monumental. <laughs> I'd love to see it. Runs onto the pitch before yeah. the game. Yeah. Takes it off and says, now then. Well, to be fair, I'm sure Hal's listening. Hal, how do you feel? Charity boxing match, you and Gary Sinclair, winner. Yes, uh, PA is at the lane. There's one for you to, to stew on. Joking aside, my bold, my bold prediction is that by Christmas... Dan says something positive about Ollie McBurney after a game. I mean, now you're just being silly, aren't you? Yeah, I've had two beers whilst recording. Them. It's gone to my head. We've, we've gone into realms at Tufty Club here, haven't we? We're just being silly now, aren't we? Hey, it's, it's, it's the surreal factors just kicked in. No, I, I generally, no I'm, I'm not backing him for top goal score or anything, but I, I just I can see McBurney... Playing a positive role. Do you know what I hope he does? You know, I've, I've given him some stick while he's been here, but that doesn't mean that I don't want him to succeed. That just means that he hasn't since he's been here. If he, if he gets himself fit this season, comes back fit and firing, and gets twenty goals, no one will be happier than me. So I've got no gripe against the man personally. It's just been shite as a footballer since he's been here. That's just the long and short of it. So yeah, if, if he yeah, if it comes good this season, then great stuff. Happy days, happy days. Right, well, tomorrow I'm making, for me, the relatively short trip to Vicarage Road. So what do we think is going to go down? Because we've made bold predictions. We've been really positive. There's been a bit of silliness thrown in for good measure. But in all seriousness, it starts tomorrow against Watford. We've still got Sar and Dennis. I think we'll lose. I agree. Shit <laughs> on the first day, aren't we? Absolutely. Is it last time we won was Oldham in League One? We're shit and they're very good. Yeah. But things have to change, Philip. I know, I know. No, uh, Watford, are we, Watford are a bit of a basket case, but there's a lot of good players still at that club. And there'll still be a lot of good players when, even if Dennis and or Sar leave, Players like Cleverly and stuff, they'll be really good in the championship. Like, they'll be a court above the majority of players. So, it's an interesting one. I mean, I met a Watford fan who justified the whole yo yo in thing. He goes, Well, we've probably had more fun than 
most clubs our size. And it's quite, must be a weird mentality to go into your season going, yeah, there's going to be turmoil, but we're probably going to get promoted. And if we don't, we will next season. Then we'll get, it must be quite weird. Weird. I, I, actually, I actually think we'll get something tomorrow night. I, I think we'll win tomorrow night. I think we'll, I think, I think we'll win. Catching Watford coming down. Like I said, there's, there's players like Saar and Dennis. If they're still there, fair enough. There's a good chance that you know they've got their eyes on going somewhere else. Uh, they've got a new manager in. I, th- I, th- I think we'll I think we'll nick it by one. I think we'll nick it two one tomorrow night. I think it's, it's an odd one. I, I think there's a the key thing for me is no one overreacts to an opening day result against a relegated team away from home, and that's the thing for me. If we win, great, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. If if we lose, let's not. You know, turning to the slashes because pre-season in people's eyes hasn't been great, and we lost the first game of the season because it is. You know, they're a they're a, they're a team who are going through quite a bit of change and and churn of players and a new manager, and untested at this level, but successful in lower league. But I, I just think I just, I'm not. I'm just not sure we're going to hit the ground running tomorrow. The, the point you're making, I think you can make for the whole of the first month we've got. We've got a really yeah. difficult start to the season. And oh, don't get me wrong, if we win all... If, if we sat at the end of August and we've won every game, then then I will start getting a little bit giddy already. But we might struggle for the first few games, and that's fine. We've got a full season like we saw last year. You're on mute, John. John, you're on mute. I'm not now. Um, I I think we we can get something tomorrow, but I'm not going to be greedy, and I think we'll get a score draw. I think I think um, a lot of what we do will come when Cadre uh, etc. embedded in a bit more, and I don't know if we'll be quite there. And although friendlies mean nothing, um, I'm a bit nervous that we may be. Will take a month or two to find his best eleven, but a score draw tomorrow night because I think there's a lot of uncertainty with them. So I'm going to say it's going to be one-one. Take that, yeah. I'd have to take that. You take that and move on to a, a difficult home game next Saturday. Really tough. Uh, but. And, and they- was it Cresswell's Richard Cresswell's son was scoring for them yesterday, I think. Yeah. No. Really? Yeah. Sure, they said on the footballing programme it was Richard Cresswell's son, which caught me by surprise. There you go. Um, but no, I would more than more than happily take a scoring draw tomorrow night. But um, you, you you think we're gonna lose it? Yeah. I, I, there'll be a goal in it. It'll be tight. I don't think we're going to, you know, lose heavily or anything. I just think they've probably still got a bit too much quality, you know, that they might have now, but they might not have at the end of the month still. Yeah. And like you said, I, I take the point, playing them now cold is not a bad time to play them, but equally, we might play them with possibly some of their better quality players before they lose them. Um, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So I'm going. I'm going one-one. What about you, Ian? Um, two-one. I think we'll score. Two-one. 
to Watford. Phil? Yeah, same as Ian. I think it'll be a low-scoring defeat, but I do think we'll score. And Dan, you think we're going to win? 2-1 win. Love it. Love the optimism. I'm loving the optimism to fit with the optimism of the rest of the pod, just so we didn't bring it all down at the end. <laughs> well, well, we're gonna we're gonna end we're gonna end with our new section now, which is so new. Phil's not got a fucking clue what it is. Um, <laughs> I'm dreading this. It's it's fine. It's it's fine. There's there's no pressure. So uh, for for a number of seasons now, I believe three, however many we've been doing this. Um, We've had a four blades in a pub hall of fame. We had a good record of it for a while, but then life gets in the way and we're, we're not anoraks. If there's any real four blades in a pub fans out there, we've got a, um, a, a thorough record of who's in the hall of fame. Feel free to share it. But uh, equally, we, we won't be expecting that message anytime soon. So I was a bit bored today and I came up with the idea of a concept for the season. So We've maybe been a bit fair, fair weather recently over the last couple of years. So I'm going to make a, including this one, we're going to make a pledge to try to do at least 23 podcasts between now and the end of the season. Um, by doing that, one of the things we're going to do is we're going to put together the all-time Sheffield United World Cup, uh, World Cup or European Championship squad of players. So we're going to select a 23. We're going to agree the player before the pod. We're going to talk about our memories of him and then we'll share it with you what. Uh, and then you can get in touch on Twitter, Instagram. We're on there now. Who knows? We might even have a TikTok this season and share your memories. Or you might have like a personal anecdote, photo, something like that you can share with us. And we'll briefly go through those before the next member is added to the squad. Um, didn't run this past Ian. Phil didn't know the concept until I just finished talking about it. But a player that me and Dan spoke about, which I think is only right, because we probably didn't dedicate enough time to him to start our squad, is a player who's recently left us. Um, a few players have recently left us, but one who I'm pretty certain is the best player I've ever seen play for United and one that I feel I could sit dreaming about hopefully seeing him play for us again is Morgan Gibbs-White. A truly exceptional footballer is going to go on and have a magical career. Uh, and I'm going to make him the first entrance, uh, first name in the 23-man squad that we're going to put together for you. Now, at the end of the season... Uh, we will look at the 23-man squad, and if someone thinks that we've missed somebody appalling, whether that's a listener or somebody on the podcast, we can't have a 23-man squad without this, that, and the other will involve them. But very simple end to the pod every week. We're going to talk about a really great player from Sheffield United's past or present. This might still be playing for us. I'm sure Billy Sharp, for example, will get in that squad. Um and put together the squad and then you lot can argue with us that we don't know anything about football or who we've missed out. So Dan and Ian knew about it. Sound good to you, Phil? Yeah. I'm assuming we're making this out of a proper squad, so a couple of keepers, 
So many defenders, so many three, midfielders. Three goalies, two right backs, two left backs, four centre halves. Yeah, like that. Like you would if you're going to a tournament. So yeah, Morgan nice. Gibbs, right, boys. We'll put a five minute time on him. I just thought he was a majestic player to watch. A pro- I think the the pl- maybe yeah the a player with the most flair I've ever seen anyone who plays for Blades have. Like pure, like raw talent, pace, flair, ability to go past people. Phenomenal player. It's really, really sad that he missed that penalty in that semi against Forest because that was the last thing he did in a blade shirt, and he just deserved so much more than that. I mean, I, I was when we signed him last season. I was quite happy. I was quite excited because I'd seen odds and sods of him, um, and one of the lads I used to work with was a. Wolf season ticket holder, and he spoke really highly of him. Uh, and I thought we'd got a good player around. I didn't know how good a player. I thought, you know, I thought we had a player who, yeah, he's going to make a difference to us. And he's got to chip in with a bit of two goals and a bit of flair. Had no idea, just genuinely, how good he was. And I, I, I do think he's good enough that if he gets a decent enough move in the next few weeks, he could put himself in. in with a shout of being at least talked about for the England squad in November. I do genuinely think he's, he's that good. I'm not saying he'll definitely make the play, but I think he'll be one of those players, you know, people talk about as almost being like a wild card for a tournament. I, I think he's that good. He may even start at Wolves from what I've heard. I think he will. Be maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe he stays at Wolves and plays games at there. Well, he, uh, he got injured yesterday and there's Wolves fans panicking about it. That. Really, I, I didn't hear that. I was travelling yesterday, but I heard they were, before that. I read about how, with the injuries they had, they thought he might be, you know, in the front three. He's fine. He went. He went down injured and was down a while and got got taken off. But um, I saw somebody interacting with his his girlfriend on social media, and she said he's fine. He just he was knackered and needed to come off. And it was a it was a thread of Wolves fans that were kind of panicking that he was in a bad way, but he's. He's not, so I think they're fancied. Do you know what? I'm, I'm going to bring something up about Gibbs White that's not often talked about because his flair and his ability and his goals and all that is clear and obvious for all to see. But it's not often you see a player like that that works so bloody hard. Yeah. yeah. Tracking back, defending, winning tackles on the end of his box, box to box, sprinting to, kick, to, to start attacks. He's got a proper engine on him and he's got a will to win. Like I haven't seen many United players. Proper joy to have. Proper joy to have last season. But to have a player like that who's on loan mm. playing that way is rare in itself. Yeah. You know, it, not just the fact that he did it in our team and we haven't seen much in our team. You know, for a loan player to be that I'm say committed buy into, it. buy into what we're doing and buy into the club and buy into what's expected of him. And have a, such a point to prove, and not just a point to prove for a few weeks, but to try and, you know, it didn't always come off, but to, to apply it through the season. Yeah. It, it, just so, so good. Just so likeable. Like, win, win games on his own. Like, and do you know when, Mike, I, have, you, have you watched Ted Lasso? Where the captain's like being shit, and then Roy Kent takes him and says, Just remember when you used to play football, when it used to be fun, before you started overthinking it, even if you got like someone clattered you and kicked you to death, 
but you love football and just go and play football. I watched that episode this morning, so it's quite a fresh quote. But the point I'm trying to make, Gibbs White played, mm. and still does, plays in a way like he's playing with his mates with that love and passion and that sort of like, the arms come out, but it's not like being a prima donna. It's because it's just, it's everything and he loves football and he, oh, he's a great player. Like, I think we will look back in... Sorry, sorry, Joe, cut across. One of my favourite memories of him from last season is one of the last memories of him scoring that goal at Forest and doing the Didsy celebration. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. The other thing I was going to bring up, obviously we had a a very nice backheel goal scored at Bramall Lane and by England in the semi-final, but it was only the second best backheel goal scored at Bramall Lane and last season. Yeah, it's not even yeah. the best backhill goal to goal at that cop that end of Bramall Lane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. exactly. You know, the man tried stuff and it didn't always come off. The, what was the fact you could see how he's what he was trying to do in his brain and and it in a way sometimes sometimes he was I'm gonna say he was too good because he was he deserves to have players and no disrespect to any of our squad, players of better ability around him would read off some of the things he's that's going through his head as he's well, trying to do it. I think that's why we're so excited about Njai, because he, like, times it was... And also quite telling that the only... He linked well with Njai, but he also linked really well with Sharp, mm. which shows you, like, the experience and the quality that's still there. That he could, like... It's no surprise that Sharp looked as clinical as he did for that time. When they clicked, they were, they were unplayable. And yeah, just a phenomenal player. And you're putting together a squad of players to go to a tournament. You've got to have someone who can do the unexpected, somebody who can get a goal out of nothing. And ultimately, people who put that put that working back towards their own goal. And and the thing is, that's what the top players do. Like like forwards, in like gives like the premium version gives ripe if you will like people like Mane and people like that you get a lot out of them going back towards their own goal like he and and like that's why he will play at a top six club within the next three to four years if not sooner than that if he has a good season at Wolves like he's a real real footballer just hope he he's obviously it's took a while for him to get going he's had a lot of injuries already hasn't he so that would be a big that's that'd be the only question mark for me with him, but a top player, and I, I miss him already. Miss him already. Phenomenal football. Agreed. I agree. Yeah, can't really can't wait so much more to be honest. And, and what's going to be so nice, boys, is when we get clattered four 0 at home to Millwall next week, and we get together and we talk about the football. <laughs> We're going to finish each podcast talking about one of our favourite players of all time, and you know we. I don't, we haven't set any rules out. We might pick, pick someone from the history books who someone knows about. I mean, we we all didn't really watch Curry and Sabella and people, but um, it'll always be nice to finish a podcast on such a positive thing. So we'll obviously put the podcast is going to, you'll find it on social media. And if you've managed to stay around till the end and you've not gone trying to find tickets for Hal versus Gary Sinclair in a charity boxing match already online, um, we'd love to hear like any individual anecdotes about Gibbs White. If you saw him out and he said something, if you remember a specific thing from a game, 
that was just brilliant. That maybe obviously you could say, oh, when he scored that goal, most Blades fans will be aware of that. But like we um we'd we'd love to hear the more unusual unusual stories. So I'm sure the people would too. So if you share them with us, we'll share them with everybody else. It's been absolutely lovely, gentlemen, to get back together and do this. I can't wait to get to the game tomorrow. Really excited. Um I'm sure the excitement will be replaced by that anxiety as soon as I get there, especially with the alcohol ban that's on the new way end at, at Watford. But who knows? I think we're in for a really good season. There's going to be a lot of highs, going to be quite a few lows as well, I'm sure. But I can't wait to pull the bones out of it every week with you lot. So it's been great to get back together. And there's only one more thing to say. Up the blades. Up the blades. Up the blades. Knee trainers, Joe. What these? No, mate, I've had them for years. Just got them back from being cleaned. Look really good, don't they? Yeah, really? Is that a thing? Honestly, they look new, mate. They look class. Yeah, it's a thing. Really reasonable, too. Adam Dunn at this place called Glistening Kicks. They're in Sheffield. But fellas are blade, too. Oh, nice one. That saves buying new ones, doesn't it? How do I find them? I've got a few pairs I need looking at myself. Absolutely. Save, save me as someone who's got a bit of a trader for you An absolute fortune. You can get them on social media like most things these days. On Twitter at Glistening Kicks and Instagram at Glistening underscore Kicks, or they have a website www.glisteningkicks.co.uk. Give them a shout. The process is dead easy. They collect them safely and then drop them back off with you. And if you take them round yourself, that process could be even quicker. Um, they look, feel, and smell like new. And it's I'm, I'm absolutely chuffed, and I'm already looking at what pairs I'm going to take down um, next to have him look out for us. Nice one. Cheers for that. I'm going to get on to them straight away. What was their Insta again? At glistening underscore kicks. That's the one. Really good service and I couldn't recommend it enough to any blades. Brilliant. Nice one. All the blades.